This is Heavenly Gospels Podcast. Here at HG, we love people from where they are to where Christ wants them to be. Today, Pastor Corey is speaking about training your brain. As you stand in front of God to the Word of God, I felt the Spirit of the Lord uh, to, to move outside of the program. Normally, we would have our announcements, but I felt the Lord tug on my heart and say, it's time. And so I have uh, a word from the Lord this morning. I'm going to continue uh, from my series, Check Up from the Neck Up. How many of y'all been enjoying the series? Yeah. Well, I want to finish part two of what I started last week on training your brain. So if you would turn your Bibles to Joshua chapter one, I'm only going to read verse eight. And then if you could turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter two, and I'm going to um, extract some truth from that that I believe that will bless us in our time together. Amen. Amen. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. If you got it, say, I got it. If you don't have it, say, hold on. Okay, we got one. Still going to, going to go to find it. But if you do not have it, it's on the screen. Amen. Amen. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. And it reads, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to obey everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. If you go over to Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, I'm going to read this passage and then we'll see what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us on this morning. Amen. Matthew chapter 2 verse 1 through 11 and it reads and after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights he was hungry then the tempter came and said if you are the son of God tell these songs to become bread. Jesus answered it is written man shall not live on bread alone on every word that comes out from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. And he says, if you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And this I will give you if you will bow and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended to him. As it is my assignment this morning, I want to preach and teach from a subject titled, Train Your Brain. Amen. Come on and bless God as you take your seats. Oh, y'all got to do better than that. I said bless God and take your seats. (laughs) I don't know where my church is this morning. I don't know where my thinkers are this morning. I said come on and bless God as you take... Your seats. Welcome to 
Family, as we are continuing this critical conversation on checkup from the neck up, we've dealt with this issue of the mind and how God, he wants to use our mind and do a miracle in our mind before we go into the next season or level that God is calling us to. We discussed last week of God having a conversation with Joshua. He has a conversation with Joshua before he goes into Canaan because he needed Joshua to have a made-up mind before he got there. Because if you would juxtapose the life of Joshua to Moses, the last time the children of Israel tried to go into the land of Canaan, they did not access the land of Canaan because they allowed fear to impede their mind. And if we're not careful, we will walk into some situations and allow the situation to influence our mind when we are to have a made up, made up mind before we get into the situation. He says, Joshua, if you don't have a made up mind, then the enemy can talk you into going back into the wilderness. And the wilderness is not just a place of suffering. The wilderness is a place of settling. Somebody say settling. Because God provided manna in the wilderness. He provided quail in the wilderness. He provided water in the wilderness. It is a place, watch this, of just getting by. And I come to talk to some people who are not just, who are not living their best, but you're living in the place of just getting by. Just going through the emotions, going through day to day aimlessly, not really accomplishing what God has called you to do. But I come to tell, talk to some people who are not going to settle in this season. Because here's the thing, the enemy, he will allow you to settle on whatever level you want to live on. And not just the enemy will allow you to settle. God will allow you to settle on whatever level you decide to live on because God is a leader and not a dragger. Y'all got to talk to me this morning. I said God is a leader and he's not a dragger. He will not want for you more than what you will want for yourself. So you got to make up in your mind, I will have nothing less than God's best for my life in this season that I want it all, that if you have a promotion for me, I want it all, that if you have a raise for me, I want it all, if you want me to upgrade my car, I want it all, if you want me to upgrade my house, I want it all, God, if you want me to improve myself, I want it all, I want nothing less than God's best for my life, do I got anybody here that says I refuse to settle, but I want it all. So he says to him, do not turn from the right or left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. 
Notice he says, then you will be prosperous and successful after he tells Joshua to keep the book on his lips and to keep it on his mind. Because the revelation in that is this, that once you've learned to manage your mind, you have no choice but to win. See, see we, sometimes we, we try to win externally when God says the way you're going to win is not trying to manage by what's outside of you. The way you're going to learn to win in life is by managing on what's inside of you. So if you can learn to get your mind right, you can get your life right. If you can learn to make up your mind that I'm going to get this right, then everything else has to get right. He says, uh, uh, he, he didn't teach him how to vision cast. He didn't teach him how to motivate the troops. He says, listen, the way you manage your mind is going to determine the effectiveness in this new season, in this new role. And in, in this new realm of responsibility, he says, you have to meditate. Somebody say meditate. meditate. And this word meditate, it simply means to give careful attention to. He says, give careful attention to the book of the law. Translation, the word of God. It means allow this word to dominate the realm of your thoughts. It means allow his word to evict any thought that does not belong in the real estate of your mind. He says, Joshua, if you're thinking about what they're talking about, you won't be able to move forward. If you're thinking about what they said about you, you won't be able to move forward. If you're thinking about how you move from Moses' assistant to now Moses' replacement, you won't be able uh, to move forward. He says, meditate, somebody say meditate, meditate, on my words. In other words, Joshua, you will not be able to move and progress in life in what I've called you to do without a disciplined mind. That a renewed mind is a disciplined mind. And the worry and anxiety and being overwhelmed and cynicism is the result of a mind that roams with no discipline. A mind that is all over the place. He says, Joshua, meditate. He says, set up boundaries, discipline your mind. Think about what you're thinking about. Watch this because your mind impacts your mood. And your mood becomes your attitude. And your attitude determines your altitude. I'll say it one more time. Your mind impacts your mood. Your mood becomes your attitude, and your altitude, your attitude determines your altitude. He says, if you're in a bad mood, you gotta check your mind. Because your mood and your mind are always attached. And some of you, you've been looking at me stank faced the whole time you've been here. And you've been wondering why can I not change your mood? It's because your mind ain't even here. But I come to talk to somebody that's getting ready to get their mind. Your mind, it, it, it influences your mood. And your mood influences your attitude. And whatever your uh, default disposition is, becomes your, it becomes your attitude. That's, that's why some, some, some of you, the enemy, he is not just after your peace, he's after your joy. 
He's after your joy because he wants you to walk around life upset and angry and miserable. He wants you to be mad at the world and mad at God. But I come to tell you that even now that it's possible to have not everything going right in your life and still have a sound mind. It's possible to have things going wrong and things not going your way and still have a celebratory heart. Watch this, because your joy is not set on what, what, what you get. Your joy is set on what, how good God has been to you. Your joy is not set on people giving you anything or people being kind to you or people being nice to you, but your joy is set on how good God has been. So therefore, you always got a reason to be thankful. I want to know, am I talking to anybody that God, he's been good? Not just good, he's been real good. And you got a reason still to be thankful. Do I got anybody here that say even, oh God, I ain't talking to somebody here. That even when your baby was sick, your baby could have died, but he's healed. That even when the car wreck could have happened, it could have took you out, but you're still here. Do I got any grateful people that can say, Lord, I thank you. Because praise is not predicated on my goodness. Praise is predicated on his goodness. So when I praise God, it's not based off my character. It's based off the character that God says he is in my life. Yeah. You got to check your mind. And if you're in a bad mood all the time, and if you got an attitude... Y'all still looking at me, trying to find the nun prison crowd. Y'all just, 10 years of hard life, just mugging me. Where my happy crowd? <laughs> okay, right there. All right, all right. I'm going to have to preach way back there, Quinette. <laughs> okay. Let me... All right, y'all scaring me. Let, let me break it down for you. If, if, if the mind is likened to soil of the garden, then thoughts would be the seed we plant in the soil. I did some research, and the research suggested that the average person thinks 50,000 thoughts a day. Not, not a week, 50,000 thoughts a day. Somebody say, that's a lot of seed. That's a, lot of be, that's a lot of seed being planted in your mind. And Dr. Caroline Leaf, in her book, Who Switched Off the Brain, said, what you think about expands and grows. So the critical question must be asked, how much of what you're sowing is fruit-bearing and how much of it is weeds? I'll say it one more time. How much of it is fruit bearing, gives life? And how much of it is weeds? See, I, I grew up in a time when my grandfather, where, um, where my grandfather, y'all already know, he, he worked us so hard. Bless my heart. That... He would fake sick call us 
and say, come on, I need help. And when we pull up, he'll have lawnmowers and weed eaters. Like, wait a minute, uh-uh, Jesus. <laughs> and I remember one particular time, uh, my grandfather, we were weeding, and it was, we were weeding the flower bed. He stopped us. He said, nuh-uh, you can't weed eat the weeds in the flower beds. Hmm. Because I planted some flowers. And if you just weed eat the weeds that are on top, they have the potential of growing back. So you got to learn how to set the weed eater down. Get on your knees. I ain't talking to anybody. See, that's the problem today. Don't nobody want to get on their knees anymore. And he said, you got to learn how to grab the weed from the root. And when you pull it from the root, you eliminate it from it ever coming back again. And because you pulled it out, watch this, now what I've planted that should be there can finally grow. And I come to talk to somebody that you have some things that, 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 that God has some things that he wants to grow in your life. That there are some things that he wants to produce in your life. And it can never have life because you can continuously plant the weeds that choke it out of you. And I come to talk to somebody that no matter where people, how people can be kind of you, the weeds choke it out. No matter how much you get, it ain't never enough because the weeds choke it out. Because if you will ever learn to change your mind, if you will learn to pull out the weeds and figure out what's choking, what should be alive, God says I will do what eyes haven't seen. I will do what ears haven't heard, neither has it entered into the heart of men what I have in store for you. Somebody shout yes. Y'all not feeling me this morning, but I come to get that devil anyway. Some of you, you got to change your stinking thinking. You think too negatively. You think too wrong. God is saying, I need to do a miracle in your mind. Somebody shout yes. Good God, you got to change your thoughts. This is why Paul says in Philippians 4 and 8, he said, finally, brothers and sisters, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. He says the way you're going to get a harvest of peace is if you sow these seeds because the, the level of harvest that you get is determined by, is determined by the seeds that you sow. Ah, the quality of the harvest you get is only determined by the seed that you sow. <laughs> and so you can't sow wrong and reap right. Yeah. We sow wrong and, and, and try to read right and we blame it on God. The devil is a lie. <laughs> it, it's your thinking. Think on what's pure, what's lovely, what's right, what's praiseworthy, what's of good report. And tell them, meditate on it day and night. I'm about done. He says, keep it on your lips day and night. Allow the truth of the word to refute the lies of the enemy because you can't live high and think low. 
can't, I can't live good and think bad. So practically, Pastor, what, what does this mean? Does this mean, this, this word meditate, does this mean that I sit and cross my legs and take a deep breath? Does it mean I close my eyes and repeat, repeat scriptures? What does this actually mean? I believe there is three, a threefold way I believe scriptures communicate the way we ought to meditate on the word of God. Can I give it to you real quickly and then I'm going to take my seat and we're going to get ready for the Cowboys game. It was a struggle last week, but God going to do it this week. <laughs> the first way we meditate on the word of God, y'all crazy, is by studying the word of God. Somebody say studying the word of God. He says, meditate on this book day and night. So to meditate on the word is to study the word. Studying the word, hear me family, is the equivalent of learning how to use a weapon. Because Paul says in Ephesians 6, the word of the, of the spirit is likened to the word of God. That the sword of the spirit is likened to the word of God. And what happens is when some people read the Bible, they don't read it strategically. Because you don't see it as a sword of the spirit to fight the enemy. So you need to learn how to use the weapon. And use the weapon, watch this, in the area that you're being attacked in. I, I need to learn to use the weapon in the area I'm being attacked in because the word is my weapon. And watch this, so a mind without the word is like a gun with no bullets. Mm, good God. I'll say it one more time. A mind without the word is like a gun with no bullets. You shooting blanks and wondering why the enemy ain't moving. Because you don't have the word. And watch this. When you don't use the word that the enemy is attacking you in, it's like bringing a knife to a gunfight. You're fighting with the wrong weapon. Because here it is. The word is my weapon. Somebody say the word is my weapon. And I have to know how to use the weapon in the area that I'm being attacked in, right? So, and the problem is, if you don't know the word, you won't be able to fight back. This is why I read to you Matthew chapter 4. Because here it is, we see Jesus, uh, we see Jesus come under attack from the enemy. But since Jesus didn't just know the word, he was the word. Ah. John chapter 1 verse 1 through 3 says, in the beginning was the word of God. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made. Uh, verse number 14 says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory and the glory as the only begotten father full of grace and truth. So here it is in Matthew chapter 4. We see Jesus be attacked by the enemy. We see him attacked in three areas. It was the area of provision. The enemy said, turn this stone into bread. He says, man, should not live by bread alone, but, out, by, the, by, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He, he attacks his identity. He says, if you are the son of God, throw 
throw yourself off this mountain. He attacks his sword. He says, bow down and I will give you all this. And we see Jesus respond with a word in the area that the enemy was hacking him. Now, that was Jesus for his situation. But I come to give you some word for your situation. Because when you leave here, you're going to encounter life issues that bring some things. But you got to learn how to use the word to attack it. So when you're stressed, come on, all my stressful people. John chapter 14, verse 20 says, peace I leave with you, but my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That when you're anxious, he says, don't be anxious for nothing. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, and with thanksgiving present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus Uh, when you're discouraged from my discouraged crowd he says in Joshua chapter 1 verse 9 have I not commanded you be strong and courageous do not be afraid do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be wherever be with you wherever you go when you're grieving for my grieving crowd it says blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted in Matthew chapter 5 verse 4 when you're scared he says in Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 6 be strong and courageous do not be afraid or terrified because of them for the Lord your God goes with you he will never leave you alone nor forsake you when you're feeling insecure Jeremiah 29 11 says for I know the plans that I got for you y'all not going help me preach up in here declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope in the future and when you're lonely he says in Psalm chapter 23 verse 4 that yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I shall fear no evil for thou art with me thou rod thy staff they comfort me do you want to know how you're going to win in this season do you want to know how you're going to get the victory in the season. God says you got a word. And if you got a word, you got a weapon. And I just want to know, is there anybody here that's ready to use your weapon? Uh, Is there anybody here that say, Pastor, after today, I'm getting ready to use my weapon. That everything and no weapon that is formed against me, it shall not prosper because I have his word. I don't think you understand when I look at this place that the enemy was attacking Jesus in the Hebrew it was translated the desert oh good God that means this was a place of lack this was a place of insufficiency this was a place of desolation and here it is we see Jesus fast in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights we see him not only survive but we see him fast we see him thrive we see him survive in a place where he should have died and I come to tell you that's because when you got a word when you got a word you're able to stand in seasons you're able to stand in situations that should take you out but won't take you out because when you got God's word it'll be life in death situations somebody shout yes do 
I got any witnesses out there that say I'm, all I've had was his word at some point in time? And his word kept me. Would you high five your neighbor and say his word kept me? His word kept me. His word kept me. His word kept me. When I didn't have friends to encourage me, when I have when I have people to check on me, his word was a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Somebody shout yes. Be seated. I'm getting ready to go. The second thing, so the first thing you got to do is study the word. Somebody say study the word. The second thing you got to do is you got to pray the word. Somebody say pray the word. The early church prayed prayed the scriptures in Acts chapter 4, verse 24. Threats had been made against them. And it says they lifted their voices together to God. It says, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, they are exulting in what they know from God in Scripture. Because when you don't know what to pray, you got to pray the Word. When you don't know what to pray, you got to pray the Word. When your words are insufficient, he's giving you sufficiency in his word. When you don't know what to think about the situation, God says, I've already thought it out for you in my word. So you ain't unequipped with whatever you may be dealing with because I've given you my word. Somebody say, pray the word. I'm reminded by a time that I was... Uh, I came home and uh, Rissa, she had, um, y'all, we had just had CJ. And so she started acting out at school. And uh, y'all, we said, okay, what are we going to do? I had learned through foster care that a lot of times um, that behavioral issues uh, rise up is because they're, 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 we call it attention-seeking behaviors. And so since attention moved, off Arissa, on a CJ, she says, I'm not, I, if, since I'm not getting my attention at home, I'm going to get it from school. Yeah. <laughs> and so to combat this, what we did and what the, what the uh, research suggests is that you do an activity for 30 minutes with your child. That way you give them the time and the attention, something that they want to do, in order so they're not acting out and trying to get it from places where they should be getting it at from home. Okay, I'm, uh, all right. So we started this thing, and y'all, she, 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 she began wanting to play Uno every night. That was her thing. So she would come home. Daddy, you ready to play Uno? She'll bring her back to cards. I'm like, baby, I just got home. Let me chill for a little bit. Let me rest. Let me go shower, and then we'll play later on after dinner. She said, okay. She didn't get upset, but she said, okay. And so uh, I would shower, and y'all come back downstairs, start making dinner, and Rissa still sitting at the table with her Uno cards. Don't know how to shuffle. She's just trying to best she can. We finna play Uno. And y'all, she used to mumble to herself, yeah, we can ready to play Uno. I say, Rissa, 
why don't you come eat? She said, you can bring me my plate. Because I'm going to stay right here. Because you said, we're getting ready to play Uno. Y'all not, y'all not getting it. We eat. We, we eat. We begin to throw the stuff away. She said, Daddy, it's time to play Uno. I said, well, Rissa, I guess it is time to play Uno. And Rissa taught me something. She taught me something very important. That as she was talking to me and reminding me about the Uno, she didn't realize I didn't forget about the Uno. But she still kept talking about the Uno. Uh, but it wasn't to remind me. And it reminded me that when you pray sometimes, it's not to remind God, but when you pray sometimes, it's to remind yourself of what he said. And every now and then, you got to learn when you get in certain situations to remind yourself of what God has already promised you. That I'm the head and I'm not the tail. Y'all not going to help me preach in here. That I'm the lender and not the borrower. That I am above and not beneath. That I'll come boldly to your throne asking you of what you, whatever I want. Because I know you are the God that'll give me what I want. But even if you don't give me what I want, you give me what to want. Somebody shout yes <laughs> somebody say pray the word 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 you got to learn to keep talking to your father and when you talk to your father you're not reminding God because he hasn't forgotten but you got to remind yourself because sometimes we can get into situations where we forget somebody say pray the word lastly and I'm done. We got to speak the word. Now, if y'all don't shout on this point, I don't know what's wrong with y'all. Somebody say, speak the word. Somebody say, speak the word. Now, this is what Jesus did in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. When the devil was trying to tempt him, he would say, it is written, for man shall not live by bread alone, by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Daddy, the devil would tempt him again, and he would come back and say, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. The devil would attempt him again, and he said, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then, (laughs) this is what makes me want to shout, then the devil left him. Ah, because the word would make the, even the enemy leave. Watch, the devil left and the angels came. Because the word, when you put it in work, will make the enemy leave and send you help. Mm, God, uh, y'all not helping me preach? But I want you to look at the text. Because I want you to notice that every time the enemy spoke, Jesus responded. I want you to look at the text. Notice every time he spoke. Jesus responded. Satan said, you be the son of God, turn this into bread. And Jesus responded. Satan said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself off this mountain. And Jesus responded. Satan said, I will give you all of this if you'll bow down and worship me. And Jesus responded. Notice, Satan responded first and Jesus responded last. Y'all not, (laughs) I'm trying to help somebody up in here. 
Notice how Satan responded first and Jesus responded last. Satan responded first. Jesus responded last. Satan responded first. Jesus responded last. Satan responded first. But Jesus responded last. Y'all not here. Satan responded first. Jesus responded last. Satan responded first. Jesus responded last. Because your mind will be a reflection of who you allow to have the last word. And I come to talk to somebody because the enemy has been speaking and saying some things. But I want you to know, do not let him have the last word. That if you just open up your mouth and if you just seek a word, then not allow the enemy to have the last word. God says, I'll bring your mind out and I'll bring your life into whatever destiny I've called you to be. Somebody shout yes. What's that Somebody say, don't let them have the last word. The quality of your life will be determined by who you let have the last words. And some of y'all, y'all talk too much in the natural to be so quiet in the spiritual. I'm coming for you. (laughs) Yeah. Care if you get mad at me? You talk too much in the natural. Talk a lot of noise. And then you want to be so quiet when it comes to the devil. The devil is a lie. Better get your talk game up in the spirit. Says God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. You got to pray the word. You got to study the word. And you got to speak the word. I want to do an exercise with you real quickly. I want you to count to 10. And as you're counting to 10, I'm going to give you a second. But I want you to count to 10 internally in your mind. But when I give you the second set of instructions, I want you to say it out loud. Okay? So when you count to 10, you're going to count to 10 in your mind. But when I give you the second set of instructions on what to say, you're going to say it out loud. Y'all got me? Okay? Ready, set, go. Count to ten. Shout Jesus. Jesus. Why you stop counting? Right? You stop counting because what you say influences your mind. And when we're thinking in a bad pattern, sometimes we just need to open up our mouth. I'm trying to help somebody out and and say something. And if you can't say the word, say Jesus. Because he is the word. Jesus is the word. And some of us, we have negative thinking patterns. We allow the enemy to roam and dominate our mind. And we sit and go throughout life with a closed mouth. Can I tell you that that you're going to win once you begin to train your brain to think biblically, to think spiritually, to think kingdomly. 
the woman with the issue of blood, she said to herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. Watch this. She didn't wait on anybody else to say anything to her. Could it be that you need everybody to talk to you because you're not talking to your own self right? Could it be you need somebody always to encourage you because you first haven't learned to encourage yourself? Because it doesn't matter what others say to you. What only matters is what you say to yourself. And some of you, you got to learn how to talk to yourself. And say, self, we're not going to die here. Self, we're not going to live in lack here. Self, we're going to get better. Self, we're going to get stronger. Self, we're going to be all right. With every hand lifted, Father, I thank you for this practical preachment of your word. Father, I pray for a miracle in the mind that we will have a made-up mind before we get in there. We will not allow what's around us to influence and affect what's in us. As a songwriter wrote, my mind is fixed. My heart is made up. No room, no vacancies. I'm all filled up. I'm sold out for you, Father. So, Father, I thank you, God, for rest. I thank you for peace. I thank you for joy. I thank you for bringing down every and taking captive every thought that is not like you. Father, I thank you for victory in the mind. God, we come against every vain imagination. We come against every uh, uh, false prophetic word that has been received. We come against every word curse, God, that has been spoken over your people. And Father, we pray for their thoughts to align with your thoughts. And Father, we thank you for success and victory even now. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And somebody shout amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Heavenly Gospels Podcast. If you would like to partner with us and give on today, you can give via cash app, dollar sign, Heavenly Gospel. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.